0: I'll go ahead and take uh, the fault for Isaac. He gets that honest from me, not being able to pronounce things. So everybody good? Boy, I'm ready to preach, but I got a joke for you. This preacher was preparing pancakes for his two young boys one morning, and they began to argue over who was going to get the uh, pancake first. the the preacher thought, you know what? This is a perfect opportunity for me to be able to teach a really important lesson. He said, boys, if Jesus was sitting right here, what would he say? He would say, let my brother have the first pancake. I can wait. When he finished the younger boy turned to his older brother and he said, you be Jesus. (laughs) I'm glad to be here this morning, kind of trying to recover from last Sunday night, but I am excited to uh, present the word and we are going to continue in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 13 through 18. And I wanna go ahead and read these and then get into the lesson. First Thessalonians chapter four, verse 13 through 18. The Bible says, but I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words, amen. When we think about Jesus's return, our view and the world's view is very different, isn't it? When we think about all the movies, when we think about all the books, when we think about all these thoughts that come from uh, thinking about this second coming, it gets a little bit strange sometimes, doesn't it? But we brethren know that. The only way to know the truth about anything, and we talked about this in class this morning and we know this truth very well. The only way that we're going to really know what the truth is about Jesus Christ coming back is through the word of God. Amen. The Bible tells us what's going to happen and we can take his word at the Value. We know that what he says he uh, is going to do. What he promises he's always delivered on. And therefore we can be comforted as uh, verse 18 says by the words that the Apostle Paul speaks to these Thessalonians so early on and for us today as well. But this desire to know about the second coming is something that while the world is curious about, We are too a little bit, aren't we? And as Christians, we know that his return as Brother Eric prayed, and I appreciate that it went right in with my intro, is what gives us hope, doesn't it? The resurrection of Jesus Christ gives us hope. And it helps us to stay focused on what we're supposed to be doing. That is obeying his commands... And being excited and longing and ready for that glorious day—the day of all days, when Jesus Christ returns. And so, this morning, the text we are going to look at these uh, several verses uh, in the text, is, which is going to talk about the Jesus' Jesus' return. But it's kind of a two thought parallel, uh, and I want us to consider both things uh, involved in this thought. In the context in verse 13, look at what Paul says to the Thessalonians. He tells them, "But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope." These Thessalonians were struggling What were they struggling with? They were struggling to understand what happens to those brothers and sisters who have died. Some may have had loved ones that had passed away. And if Jesus comes back, are they going to miss out on it? If, if Jesus is gonna come back and they're dead, are they gonna be able to enjoy the blessing that we may enjoy when Jesus comes back, those of us who are alive? Because you remember Paul and all the apostles and all the early Christians were expecting Jesus Christ to come back in their time. But brethren, that hadn't changed, has it? Don't you believe the same thing that Jesus Christ could come back at any moment? Amen. Amen. At any moment, Jesus Christ could come back. That was the same thought that Paul had early on. But these brethren were struggling in this thought, this, uh, this, this discouraging thing that maybe those who have passed away who were in Jesus may not get this benefit. Well, where did that come from? You remember, and I'm not a history buff by no means. I mean, I barely passed it when I went to school, but I do know this. The Greek Roman world, they believed in this afterlife. They believed that Hades was the place, this spiritual realm where the soul went after death. But the thought of regaining a body or an actual resurrection... No, no way. You remember, and why do I say this? Because you remember in Acts chapter 17 when Paul was talking to all the great poets in Athens. You remember? They bring them up there and they say, tell us this new doctrine that you're going to teach. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, look at what it says. Some mocked. Really? A resurrection from the dead? And then others said... We'll hear you again on this matter. We need to think about what you're saying. You know, I, I had a couple quotes from uh, Roman uh, poets and on their thoughts about the afterlife and Theocritus said, you need to have courage because tomorrow will be better. While there's life, there's hope and only the dead have None. Another one said, The sun can set and rise again, but once our brief light sets, there is one unending night to be slept through. Paul talking uh, to these men. Uh, these poets in Athens, he tells them about the resurrection from the dead and they laugh, they mock, they make fun of it. Also, Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 12, you remember this thought. He spends quite a bit of time talking about this. He says, now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead. So we see most believed in the soul continuing to live on, but what Paul was teaching was something radically different than what these brethren probably had been taught their whole life. And we talked about this in class as well. Don't we, isn't it true if we're working on converting somebody or if somebody is a new Christian, what does Jesus say? Go into the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he says what? Teaching them to observe all that I command you, right? Sometimes we need to learn the right way, don't we? I, me personally, I... I, I, I needed to be taught how to learn and do things the right way. And I appreciate that. Same thing here. These Thessalonians was unsure of this thought of what happens to those who are asleep in Jesus. So the first thing to consider this morning is this. What is our foundation, brethren? When it comes to knowing about the second coming of Jesus, our foundation should be this. That we believe Jesus died and rose again. Huh? That changes everything for us, doesn't it? If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, then we are on our way to heaven. Because without this belief, our faith isn't what it should be, right? Without that belief, we can't make heaven our home. See, really, we can't believe in Jesus if we don't believe in this truth, can we? If we don't believe that Jesus died and rose again, what do we believe? We believe that he was a good guy. He was a good prophet, right? He did good things, but he never resurrected. Isn't that what the world teaches? Isn't that what the religious world wants people to believe that Jesus was just a regular, ordinary guy? Oh, wait, he was. But there was something else about him. He died. And then three days later, he rose up. Which changes everything, doesn't it, for us, brethren? For us, the one that we follow is different than every other prophet, every other person that was trying to teach God's Word. Jesus is unique. Why is this so important? Why am I barking on this point? Because believing in the resurrection of Jesus means that he came back to life in the body. See, this is what John's talking about. Turn with me real quick in 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1 verses 1 through 4. Yes, he's talking about Jesus who came to this earth, but he's also talking about the whole story, the whole deal. Look at what he says. That which was from the beginning, which we've heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked upon, and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life, the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father, And was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. I'm trying to tell you about somebody. I'm trying to tell you about somebody. I'm trying to tell you about somebody that's different. I'm trying to tell you about somebody that will change your life literally, spiritually, and physically, right? When we think about the resurrection of the dead, and we talked about this on Wednesday night, you know, this also brings into this thought of uh, why is the resurrection of Jesus Christ so important? Because it comes into play in our baptism, doesn't it? Just like... God raised Jesus from the dead, so we also shall be raised to walk in newness of life. You remember those passages in connection with baptism? But Paul, in the context here, is talking about this other parallel, this other beauty. One day, Jesus Christ is coming back for everybody that is His. Have you thought about it? Does it move you? Does it motivate you? Does it spur you? Jesus rose from the dead, not as a spirit, but as a body. And the apostles saw it. Think about what he tells the apostles in Luke 24, verse 39. He said, behold my hands, my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Now watch this. Jesus points out that he's not just a spirit, but something you can touch. And I want you to think about this. Resurrection means a bodily resurrection, doesn't it? Notice what he says in First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 14. He says, "For if we begin if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus, sleep in Jesus." It's an expression for death. It's a figure of speech in talking about death, right? But you know what it also presents, you know what it also possesses It possesses this thought of resurrection. What are you talking about, Matt? See, they're not dead, they're asleep. And what happens to people who sleep? They're going to wake up again, right? So think about what Paul is doing in verse 13. Watch this, watch the connections. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. He says he doesn't want the brethren to have sorrow like those who have no hope. What's the hope that Paul's presenting? That God will bring with him those who have passed on before us who are in Christ. Think about that. I Brethren, have you lost a loved one? Are you longing to see him one day? Guess what? One day you're going to see him. One day you're going to be able to be with him. God will bring with him those who have passed on before us who are in Christ The Thessalonians and maybe some of us today may wonder from time to time, is there life after death really? Is there really an end? Is there any hope? Let me give you some comfort. The clear answer to that is yes. If we believe in the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, then we believe that God will bring with him those who are asleep in Jesus. That's not what I said. That's what the word says. Verse 14, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. How awesome is that? See, this is the message that Paul is preaching in 1 Corinthians 15 as well. Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection and the father didn't abandon Jesus in death and he will not abandon us either. Amen? He will not abandon us either. What he says, he promises. And what he says he's gonna deliver on, he'll deliver on. We will be raised just as he was raised. We have this hope. Oh, how this hope should lift us and lift our spirits to know the truth. Amen. Oh, how this should encourage us and strengthen us to know that what we're doing is right. So how does this happen? What happens when Jesus returns? What does the Bible say? Verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. The Lord will descend from heaven, won't He? And after the shout from the archangel, and uh, with the shout of the archangel and the trumpet of God sounding, here comes Jesus. And the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we, if we're alive at that time, will be caught up together with them to meet them in the clouds. If we belong to Him, brethren, hear me, hear me. If we belong to Him on that day, guess what? We're going home. Well, Doesn't it feel good when you're on that beach trip and you've been gone for a week and a half and you're like, man, it was great at the beginning, but now I'm ready to just get back to the house. Remember when you sit down in the house and you're just, everything's unpacked. Well, for me, it won't be unpacked for like three or four days, but I'll just put it over there to the side and I sit down on my couch and I'm just like, man, it feels good to be what? Home. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, y'all don't feel me on that? Man, it's good to be home, brethren. When Jesus Christ comes back, guess where we're going? We're going home. Home. I can not wait. How about you? And see, it doesn't matter if you've passed on or if you're alive. It's all the same. The promise is still the same thing. These Thessalonians were worried. They were confused. They were struggling to know if it was going to be okay. And Paul says, absolutely. And matter of fact, if you're alive, you won't even precede those who are dead. If you would, turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50. I want to read just a couple of verses from right here. The Bible says in verse 50, Now, this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has been, has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Our manly body dies. It goes back to the dust. And what do we get, brethren? We get a brand new body. (laughs) Look at what the Bible says. Look up with me right here in verse 42. 1 Corinthians 15, 42. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body and so it is written, the first man Adam became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first but the natural and afterward the spiritual The first man was of the earth made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as this is it, brethren, watch this. Watch what's going to happen to you. It says, as the man of dust, as was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust, and as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly, and as we have been born the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Brethren, what a promise! What a promise that we have. Why do we falter in our faith? Why do we act like it's not a big deal? Why do we pretend that I'm doing things that I'm really not doing? Why is our heart not where it needs to be at? God set up something that is so incredible we'll never be able to figure it out until we see it. Do you long for that day? Does everything fade away? Does your relationship with the Lord become number one in your life? But here's the deal, brethren. Here's the beauty of what Jesus does. He not only brings this concept into knowing that we're going to be with the Lord forever, but who else do we get to be with? We get to be with those who have passed on. How awesome is that? I know so many people in here who are longing for people that, they don't have anymore. But one day, one day, verse 17 says this, brethren, back in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14 says this. Not verse 17, I'm sorry. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and thus we shall always be with one another. Then Paul adds this in verse 18. Therefore, because you understand this, comfort one another With these words. If you had to ask yourself and be honest, when was the last time you comforted somebody with these words? These words. Paul said, You want to be successful as Christians? You want to be able to make it in hard times? You want to know how you can handle these tough situations? Comfort each other with these words. As we leave out of here today, brethren, I hope that we have a mind of thanksgiving because we know that through the resurrection of Jesus, we have hope. Death doesn't separate us from God. When we die, it's not over, is it? Brethren, let's serve the Lord and have this hope of the resurrection. Aren't we ready to see the Lord? And our loved ones comfort and encourage one another with these words. Brethren, Jesus Christ is coming back. Are we ready? And the Bible says and thus we shall always be with the Lord. I'm gonna tell you what, brethren. I love the Bible, and I love the Word of God. But when I think about this, I can't wait for that day. Can you imagine what it's gonna be like knock all of those things out in your life right now we all busy we all got things we got going on let me just preach for one more second can I can you give me about five seconds or maybe a minute and a half maybe two all right give me five minutes no I'm just not five All of us have things that we got going on in our life. All of us are very busy. I get it and I know it. But please, for one minute, take those things and set them right here. And I want you to think about this thought. There is a God in heaven. And if you pray and if you seek him, child of God, guess what? He hears you and he cares so much for you that he was willing to make a a plan. And this plan was gonna cost somebody that he loved their life. And he did it for you. When you think about your life and you think about what you put first and you think about what is top priority What is it? Is it worth sacrificing? Is it worth changing the order of your life to realize that Jesus Christ made a way for you to be able to be with him forever? Brethren, I get complacency. I get being bogged down. I get being distracted. I get all of those things, but you want to know how you really change your life as a Christian? You say, not anymore. You're one. And I'm last. I'm not second, I'm last. Because if I love you one, then I love everybody else next. And God said, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. He says, if you humble yourself under my mighty hand, then I'm going to lift you up at the right time. Just trust me. But one day, this life's going to be over. And one day we're going to get to be in heaven. Do we believe this? One day we're going to get to be in heaven forever and ever and ever. And we're going to get to be with the Lord. Preach it, brethren. People need to hear it. I need to hear it. Remind me, comfort me with these words, will you? when I start getting discouraged and you hear me talking to you and I'm bummed out, will you do something for me? Will you say, you know what, man? It's going to be all right because Jesus is awesome. And we're going to get to be with him forever one day. Remind me of that, will you? Will you keep my mind where it needs to be at on him? Maybe you're here today and you're struggling. There's a whole lot more to this resurrection. There's a whole lot more to to where the, the soul goes when it dies. But I didn't want to focus on those things today. I wanted to focus your minds on this. Jesus Christ is coming back. And if you are not a Christian, you could miss out on an opportunity that has been given to you by the death of somebody who loved you so much, and his name is Jesus. He died so that you can live. He died so that you can be an heir with him, that you can be a part of his kingdom. And you do it by obedience to the gospel, believing who Jesus is, repenting of your sins, saying my way ain't the right way, but yours is. And then being baptized in water. And you're baptized for the remission of your sins. You go in nasty, dirty, and you come out brand new, forgiven, added to his family if you need to be added to the church, if you need to be added to the kingdom, please come right now. Together we stand and sing.